श्री गोरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गौर भक्तवृंद की जाय गौर प्रेम आनंदे हरिओ So welcome everyone. We are gathered to uh, continue our discussion about uh, concerning Bhagavan Sri Nishinga and Bhakta Prahlad. That's good. We've been discussing for a couple, couple two and a half, three days now. Very interesting discussions. And amongst other things, um, in the context, in the course of the discussion, we introduced the main characters of the drama that uh, is sur- surrounds the appearance of Bhagavan Sri Narasimha. So we introduced Narasimha himself and the man lion uh, we, we talked about him at some length uh, his his extent to which he's he's uh, spoken about in the puranas over 17 different puranas discuss him all developing uh the uh, seed conception of this uh, avatar found in the shinga tapani upanishad where his mantra is, is found and uh how amongst all of the narratives concerning him it uh the bhagavatam's narrative is the most full and gives the most complete theistic conception and appropriately therefore the title of the 10 chapters that deal with the leela of nishinga's appearance are not titled after him but they're titled after let's say it loudly now prahlad Prahlad Charit, the character of Prahlad. So this is the uh, the uh, the style, the emphasis, the focus of the Bhagavatam on the prem of Bhagwan, hmm? on love of God, hmm? where God is most completely found, of course. Hmm? So Prahlad personifies that love of <coughs> the Shingle, who's a very special avatar, as we've heard. Hmm? because Prahlad's deity was Krishna and somehow Krishna appeared as Narasimha somehow by his a, a inconceivable powers and that very appropriate to the time and circumstance which of course leads to the fact that there is another principal character in the drama of as he Narahari's appearance and that is who Hiranyakashipu, right, so we talked about him yesterday and his character, developed his character a little bit. And uh, and so today we're um, left, we could go in many directions. I should say we also discussed um, in the context of introducing the, the characters, um, describing them and so forth and their roles and we've located where in the bhagavatam this takes place what was going on in the bhagavatam somehow it arises out of a discussion concerning the impartiality of god and um and um how that corresponds with the discussion in the sutras and in the fifth chapter of the gita also 
and how the conclusion or one of the conclusions that arrives from the uh, impartiality of the Godhead is that, as we heard, and it comes out very clearly, this is the place in the Bhagavatam where the subject matter is discussed. We heard that no one falls from Vaikuntha there. This is where the question is asked by Yudhisthira of Narada, and Narada answers appropriately. Uh, Yudhisthira could not believe that such a thing was possible. As this narrative begins... Hmm? because the impartiality of God is the subject, and he's talking about it from different angles. And um, Sukadeva is explaining to Parikshit, and he, and he turns it over to a story uh, of the discussion between Narada and... Uh, well, he turns it over to the story of the Rajasuya sacrifice and um, discussion between Narada and Yudhisthira and how Shishupal was so offensive to Krishna, but he was slain by Krishna and he, and he, and he was liberated. And so this is a nice example of the impartiality of God. He, he gives liberation to both the, the, the deities and the devotees, both the demons and the, the, the godly and the ungodly. Hmm? Uh, of course, it's, uh, there's some caveat there because you get, they get different types of liberation generally. Um, but Shisupal's position was very extraordinary, and um, so uh, Yudhisthira asked further, and, and Nard began to, began to tell the story of how Shisupal was in his third birth, um, having appeared previously as, uh, along with his brother, uh, as Ravan and Kumbhakarna. In this life, they were Dantavakra and Shishupal, and in the previous life they were Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakasipu, and prior to that they were Jai and Vijay, who guard the gate, the gate, the last gateway to heaven, something like that, to, to, to the transcendental heaven of Vaikuntha, where the sages, Chatushan Kumar, the four Kumaras, who were impartial, hmm, uh, completely naked, they had no friends or enemies. You can see this, this subject comes up again and again, and as we go through the narrative, it becomes clear. This was Prahlad's position. No friends, no enemies. Hmm? This is the ground on which real bhajan takes place. Advaigyan tattva, non-duality. Until we can get to that ground, then it'll be difficult to do bhajan. But we can do bhakti externally. Hmm? When we come to the ground of non-duality, we don't see between difference between friends and enemies, between man and woman, then we can know what is Radha and Krishna. Hmm? This is the idea. Hmm? So Prahlad stands out, as I've mentioned, as, a, as an interim kind of goal. All the devotion he has must come within us hmm? for us to ascend as high as the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Gives us the opportunity to ascend too. Hmm? And Prahlad, Prahlad means Alahadini. Hmm? So, there's a lot of Radha in Prahlada, hmm? is the point. Alahadini means the, the bliss Shakti, the bliss element of the Surup Shakti that Radharani is the personification of. Hmm? So, as I often say, there's a little bhakti in every bhakta. And in Prahlad, there's a lot of Halad. And he, hmm? it's the same word, really. He means means bliss, hmm? joy, 
And it's the joy of joy of love of God, where joy begins, real happiness. So um, there, the story begins, and uh, and so how did that nobody can fall from Bhakunta? Yudhishthira says, I can't believe that anybody could fall from Bhakunta, even if they were cursed by sages. Hmm? What to speak of slipping, um, and falling out somehow? <laughs> even by, in other words, in this world. Perhaps one of the most powerful things is the curse of the sage, hmm? right? Um, and so, it, and this is the point that's being made here. You understand? There's an emphasis being made, even by the power, even by the curse of the sages. I can't believe they could have fallen. Hmm? Of course, he's right. And so, there are extenuating circumstances, and Nard um, confirms that and, and tells the story hmm, of how they were cursed by the the impartial sages hmm, who then realized that there is something beyond impartiality that uh, spirituality is constituted of. Impartiality means non-dualism. I mean, in the sense that, again, no friends, no enemies, hmm, no bias. One is, one is not compromised. Hmm. Um, one doesn't need to get anything. Hmm. Hmm. One is uh, is not um, in need, uh, 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 or uh, in a sense of need, and thereby uh, compromised. Hmm? We don't want our politicians to be uh, compromised, bought out by the corporations and so forth. So they can't have those personal desires. Hmm? They have to represent the country, right? And of the constituents who voted for them, and so forth. This is a, a pure idea. Hmm? So this is the idea and the basic ground level of of spiritual life. This impartiality, and although it's the basic ground level from the Gaudi perspective, it's the be all and end all of many spiritual disciplines that are ego effacing. And the Kumaras were involved in the Gyanmarg, and they reached impartiality, and they could go anywhere. They were naked means they had they were oblivious to external conditions, and um, they came to they so they went within their hearts, looking for Vishnu, and there they found Vaikuntha gates, and they were gatekeepers, and the gatekeepers said, "You can't get in. It's not so easy just by becoming impartial, just by becoming a mukta. You can't enter Vaikuntha. Muktanam apisadhanam." Very, very rare. To what? To find a mukta, to be to be to be to find a mukta, a liberated person. This is Bhagavatam. Echoing the Gita, Manusanam Sahasri Shu Kastya Jatati Siddhai Atanam Apisadhanam Kastya Nambeti Tatvataha. One out of a million will even be interested in the subject. Out of those, one of a million of those will attain, pursue perfection. Out of those, one may attain it. Hmm? Out of those, very rare, to, one in a million of those will become my devotee. Hmm? Hmm. So to be connected with a devotee, <laughs> this is this is uh, auspicious, to say the least. This is the most auspicious thing. 
Bhagavatam echoes the Gita as its sequel. And with this, we're Muktanam Apisiddhanam, Narayana Parayana. Amongst many, many, many liberated persons, hmm, of which there are very few, the ideas, it's very hard to find someone who is Narayana Parayana, whose life, Prana, is entirely given over to, to, to Narayana. Hmm? Or to speak of a Krishna Parayana. Hmm? Prahlad was a Krishna Parayana. Sudulaba Prashantatma Kutis Papi Mahamune. Very, very rare. Hmm? So, the Kumaras were in new territory here. They had attained impartiality and they were experiencing partiality on the part of this, the gatekeepers who said, sorry, keep out. When you put your sign up, keep out, it means this is my place and that's your place over there. Mm-hmm. And you can't get in unless I give my permission. We, 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 don't, we don't see that, that uh, you know, there's no... it's uh, Boundaries, friends and enemies, this is the idea. Right? Mm-hmm. This is my place, and I only let in who I want. And as soon as we say like this, my, then there's an I that grows out of that. I often say, and that I is in con- in conflict with other eyes, or derived in a, in a similar way by falsely thinking something is theirs and drawing lines on the earth, which must find it all quite humorous mm-hmm. as time passes by, and the lines change, and the properties change hands, and so on and so forth. So Baikunta is not like that, and but and so then and and certainly the the sages thought so. But they then they thought, well, wait, maybe this isn't Baikunta. Who are these guys? They're not letting us in. They're partial. Hmm? <laughs> they have some partiality. So immediately Narayan came to the scene and said, "What have I done? How can I make this up to you?" And these sages, I mentioned this yesterday, they are very smart, these Gyanis. They immediately understood their mistake. As soon as Vishnu said, what have I done? They realized, oh, holy cow, they thought. He says, what have I done? It's what they did. But he doesn't think they to be different than him. Hmm? Who are they that he thinks of them as if himself? What they do, he does. What kind of world are we in now? Hmm? So they immediately understood they had offended the gatekeepers. But Narayan had something else in mind at the moment that brought the whole thing about. It was that he wanted to taste Bira Rasa. Hmm? Some, some fighting, wrestling, heroic activities. Dharma Bira, to be a hero of Dharma. It's hard to do that in Baikuntha because you're already far beyond the Dharma. Hmm? So, and who will he do it with? Who will he taste rasa with? Only with someone whose mood is anukul, favorable. If he fights with a demon, he won't get rasa from that. Hmm? So, he wanted the gatekeepers to be uh, abodes of virarasa, and himself the object. Hmm? So the sages came, unbeknownst to why they got there, how they got there. Yes, many accomplishes many things at once, of course. And and uh, so he let the curse stand hmm? and uh, he gave them the choice. Seven births as devotees or three births as demons. You take your choice. They, they, had, it was, they didn't have to think for a moment. Right? 
Hmm. Doesn't matter what material condition they're in. Hmm. That doesn't matter. They're a, they're a preoccupationist. They want the company of Bhagwan. Hmm. So, so, Nard is telling the story to you to steer. This is how it appears. So it covers over ten. Just just uh, um, the last part of the first chapter and all the way through the ninth, the tenth chapter of the seventh canto of the Bhagavatam. As I said the other day, there's no leela of any avatar in the Bhagavatam that is given more attention, more chapters, and more verses than uh, Narasimhadev, other than Krishna, of course. So he's very special. We showed, we talked, we discussed how he how he shows up in Gorlila repeatedly and in such substantial ways, qualitatively. Even even some of those appearances are, if they were small, the quality of them must be considered. His relationship to Kirtan, his relationship to the Murdanga, which is the flute of Krishna in Gorlila. The gopis are saying, you know. Praising the flute for good fortune. Hmm? This is this is his favorite instrument. He presides over the kirtan. He lives in Godrum, the island of kirtan. Hmm? There's Nandagram. Hmm? It's an island of Sakiras. Nandagram, the house of Nanda, is there. He's the deity in Nandamarsh's house. Hmm? In Vrindavan, in Navadweep, he has his place. In, that's where he went. Immediately after killing Haranikasipu and washing his hands, he went to Navadweep. He stays there in Godrum. We hear the beautiful prayers of Bhakti Vinod Thakur praying to Nishingadev for Raga Bhakti. Hmm? We heard how Gopal Bhatta Goswami was meditating upon Prahlad's character on the Nishinga Chaturdasi. And the next morning he found his deity, Shalagram, had the stone had separated like this, and on his shoulder is the round half of the Shalagram, and on his hip. The other round half. Out of the, the, the Shalagram, the Shinga Shalagram, came Radha Krishna. Hmm? Uh, Radha Raman. This Radha Raman is also an appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who told Gopal Bhatta, you go, when your parents are taken care of, whom he had converted from Vishnu Bhakti to Krishna Bhakti, then you go to Vrindavan and I'll join you there. Hmm? With that he left South India. Hmm? Gopal Bhatta went there immediately. He was waiting for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, waiting for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? He never came, it seems. But he came also in the form of Radha. This is Nishinga Chaitanya. Hmm? Radha Raman. Hmm? <laughs> he's considered that he came in that way. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Radha and Krishna. So, Nishinga Bhagwan, he's a very important uh, person in, 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 in the Gauri and so in our lives. I'm just touching on a few of the points that we've discussed and and um, in some cases still more light coming from them. Hmm? So in this way, uh, we, we find ourselves in the Bhagavatam and uh, Inard is telling the story to Yudhisthira Maharaj. And, of course, we come first to the first birth of Jai and Vijay, as Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakasipu. I should mention this this story is also told to some extent in the third canto, so even more chapters are dedicated to to the introduction to this, the, the, the incident that I'm referring to here is, of course, the, the, the cursing of the gatekeepers hmm, of Jai Vijay. 
that's where it's brought out in the commentaries of the Acharyas that the Lord Narayan had the desire for Rirasa. That part, the event that precipitates the uh, the so-called fall of Jai Vijay, hmm, is gone to in greater detail in the third canto. In the seventh canto, it's already been discussed, so it doesn't go into detail. Hmm. So, and the killing of Haranyaksha is also dealt with there in the third canto by the Baraha Avatara. Hmm? And so we pick up with the death of Baraha, or excuse me, the death of Hiranyaksha, who is the brother of Hiranyakasipu, and the wrath of Hiranyakasipu hmm? at Vishnu for the death, for the killing of his, his brother. And he quickly comes to the uh, conclusion that, um, really he comes to a conclusion there is no God. That's what he really comes to. But he says, God is supposed to be impartial. That's what the devotees say. But how is he impartial? He killed my brother. So he's become an animal. He became a pig and killed my brother. It means he became Braha. This is what he said. He became a pig and killed my brother, the so-called God. So he's supposed to be this impartial guy that all the, all the devotees worship and so forth, and they tell us, don't think like this, mine and I and all this stuff. Hmm. B.S., he says. Hmm. That's what he says. I don't believe it. Hmm. He'd become a pig and a turtle and other things like that. He's an animal. Hmm. So he, this is what he says. So he gets his group fired up. Hmm. And he says, uh, when do away with Vishnu, means we're going to do away with this idea of God once and for all. Because you can't see him anywhere, so you can't really kill him. And that would be futile. So what we do have to do, we have to kill those who think he exists, the devotees, hmm? the cow worshippers, the Brahmins, their sacrifices. This is all in relation to a lower idea, lower religious idea, the Varnashram idea of, 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 um, of Vishnu. Hmm? So he goes and starts um, destroying the places of sacrifice and uh, uh, disturbing, disrupting all the Brahminical activities, all the religiosity and so forth. Hmm? And he figures, well, you know, if, if we can't see God, so okay, that's clear. He's not really here. There's other people say they see him. Let's just get rid of them, you know. And then, you know, and, and who's going to protect them? Their invisible God. Hmm? Certainly not, and we'll be done with it. So he was a big atheist. So this is a very contemporary kind of story. If you really look at it, it's full of very contemporary um, uh, thought and discussion in the world today. Hmm. And so uh, he gets his group together, and then um, they start performing this kind of these, these kind of irreligious activities and sacrileges, and and so on and so forth. And then he himself takes to he goes from the religious orientation to, to doing away with <coughs> the Varnashram, hmm? the general religious idea of uh, uh, in the world. He wants to do away with these things. This is a big, just a big problem. Just people make up these laws, so-called laws of God and so forth. And so this is thought today. And if he goes from there, what does he do? Hmm? Once he sets that in motion, then he goes and performs austerities, becomes a mystic of sorts. Hmm? He goes and he controls his mind and he says, hey, you know, so much for these mystics. 
You know, there's the religious class of people, and then there's the mystics, the yogis, who think they see God. I can meditate too. I'm going to do secular meditation. That's what I'm going to do. I don't need a God or all these religious baggage and stuff to meditate, right? You just control your mind. That's all. You sit tight, watch your thoughts hmm? as they arise. You don't pay attention to them. Hmm? You just do a little mindfulness. You don't need a God for this. It's a little mindfulness. As the thoughts arise, you don't follow them. You become peaceful and you become powerful. Hmm? So he, start, he starts doing this kind of secular, so-called spirituality that's becoming a popular idea, or some, some are ad- advocating. They can't entirely get away from the whole, whole thing. They, they want to attack religion, but then, okay, meditation, that's, you know, that's okay, but we have to have secular meditation. We'll get the benefits from that. Consciousness is there. It's, it's, it's material. It's a... It's a, it's a um, what they call it a emergence from the brain is all it is but it's cool that's a you know it's a neat thing and there's all kind of dimensions of consciousness that you can get into that are really fruitful i mean practically speaking i mean you could even become kind and compassionate that's a good thing by meditating and so we should be the best humans we are. We don't need a God to be good good people. This was his idea. Hmm? Or this is an idea of today. Hmm? Establish our own rules and we, we know what's best and, and uh, we, can, we, can, we can enter into the depths of well, what the mystics talk about with all the religious baggage and the religious interpretations they have of their subjective experience. Hmm? We can get the subjective experience, but we're not living, you know, hundreds of years ago with all kinds of religious superstitions, so we're not going to describe it in the same way. We're going to, you know, we're going to describe it for what it is. This brain, you know, what do they call it? Neuron fires this way and that one this way and, you know, and so on and so forth. We're going to give it a logical, positivistic, <laughs> uh, empirical interpretation and, uh, and, and, uh, we take the best of it and we leave all the other baggage behind. Hmm? So this is where he goes. He becomes a meditator. Hmm? And then he becomes a, he becomes a tapasvi also. Hmm? You see, Krishna does say in the Gita that something like, by all means, Arjuna, be a yogi. Hmm? He says, uh, better than a tapasvi is a gani, better than a gani is a yogi, better than a yogi is a devotee. Hmm. So he does yoga. Hmm. He, 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 if, you, if you listen to his discourse to, to, in order to get his people on his side, he's got a lot of gyan hmm. also. He's giving... Uh, so anyway, all these things are being showcased is the point in the Leela. And they all, are, are of course, have fall short of and have nothing to do with bhakti. Well, there's some common ground between meditation and uh, some renunciation and even religious life with, with bhakti. Bhakti is the whole, whole package. 
And this is, this is where Vishnu gets involved, of course. So, he meditates, he performs austerity, he stands on one foot forever. And, um, and of course, what does he, ha- he has a material ambition. Hmm? He figures, we don't need the God thing, and everybody says they believe in God, and they're going to be eternal, and they all die anyway. But um, it is possible to live forever hmm? in this body, and we can figure it out. And we'll use all the tools at our disposal. If meditation helps, we'll do a little meditation too, you know. And we'll figure out better how this body really works and all, and then we'll just continue it on forever. This was his idea, hmm? right? <laughs> so uh, he's uh, performing his austerities for a long time. He's getting power from that because if you perform austerity, you do get some power. When you fast, you get some power. It's very interesting. It's backward. You think, if I don't eat, I'll get weak. Hmm? That's there too, but then you get another kind of power, a power of determination, a subtle kind of power. Hmm? You, you might get weak physically by accepting a, a vow to fast for a certain period of time, but morally, in terms of your character and your um, mental uh, conviction and so forth, people use this fasting for such things, right? They become very powerful people and they change and uh, um, governments and, and, and so on. It's Gandhi fasted for how many days? A long time, right? Nelson and Mandela fasted and, uh, and then, you know... It, so it brings power. Even as the body becomes weak, it brings power. Tapa means uh, light, fire. It means knowledge also. So the implication is that when we withdraw our senses from the sense objects that they're attached to, which is ignorance, that fosters reactions, we call karma and bondage. Hmm? Uh, we're only in pursuit of enduring happiness, but through the senses we pursue it in relation to things that don't endure the sense objects. This is ignorance. And the attachment there gives rise only to suffering, not to happiness at all. What appears to be happiness at first turns into suffering in due course, or it might be suffering from the start even. So Dukkha Yonaivate, he said, Krishna's in the Gita, that this attachment to the sense object is the womb from which suffering takes birth. Hmm? So, because that is ignorance, foregoing the attachment and even interaction, to some extent, with sense objects on the part of the senses takes one not without, but within. Even if forcibly, I've said this before, even if forcibly you have to perform austerities, you get knowledge. In other words, let's say we lock you up and you know the, the terrorists capture you hmm? and uh, you know, put you in a, in, a, in, a, in a cage and so forth. How are you going to live through that? Hmm? You have to go within, don't you? And you have to think philosophically. Your senses are being starved now. You don't have any email. There's no Facebook there. Hmm? You don't even know when your next meal is going to come or if you're going to be allowed to sleep at night. Hmm? So how are you going to get through all that? You have to go beyond the senses, so to speak. You have to go within and you have to philosophize. And the mind, the intelligence, starts to become active in a way that when we interact with the senses, it doesn't. The real risk of interacting unrestrictedly with the senses, of course, is that the intelligence will be co-opted by the senses and the mind and make an unholy alliance and intelligence will be used only for figuring out the ways that the mind and senses can acquire their 
desired objects. Intelligence is not for that. Intelligence is meant to distinguish us from the wild, right? We say humans are the, what do they say, reasonable animals or rational animals. So this isn't rational just to be a big animal, to use intelligence to do the same thing that the animals are doing. That's not rational. Hmm? You tell it to your rationalist friends. Hmm? We are rational. You want to be rational. Start here, please. Be objective. Become unbiased. Hmm? You're attached to sense objects. You're compromised. Hmm? You can't be objective. You cannot be fully rational. You may speak rationally, but you can't act rationally. Hmm? Our idea is that to act rationally, and it begins here. Hmm? Using my intelligence to separate myself from my attachments to sense objects which compromise me hmm? and inhibit me from being a giver. Hmm? They, may, they make me... They put me on the take, so to speak. Hmm? So, by, even by forcibly... My point is, undergoing austerity, you start to get some knowledge. You start to think, you're in that terrorist cell and you think, what is the meaning of life anyway? What's the purpose? I can live a quality... I, you, you find out that you can live a qualitatively... Uh, a, a quality life in any material condition. Hmm? The material conditions do not determine the quality of your life. Hmm? It's what you think about. Hmm? It's what meaning, what value you come up with. Hmm? Right? This determines who you are. What are your values? Hmm? Now you're forced, you're in a terrorist cell block, you're in you know, a cage, whatever. So even by force, to some extent I'm saying, right? You start to think in a bigger way. You think, well, life's not going to last forever. Maybe I'm going to die now. Maybe this is it. Hmm? And then all the little problems disappear. Hmm? They all disappear. Hmm? Because something much bigger picture of life. See, as soon as, as much as you get away from the sense objects or your attachment to them, the bigger picture comes in. And it's so much more um, accommodating. And all the small problems that come from attachment to sense objects, hmm, that we're constantly trying to fix, <laughs> they become as small as they are. We see them how sm they're as small as your friend thinks they are. You know, oh, oh, I got a problem. What is it? And she tells you, I wish I had your problems. You know, is that all? <laughs> Let me tell you mine. Then she goes, I wish I had those problems. They're so small. Hmm? So they loom large only for us in our provincial, you know, state of, of, of consciousness. And austerity, tapa, hmm? Even, even forcibly, to some extent, as I'm saying, but to speak then, if we do it conscientiously, and, and, and so there's a path of tapas, there's the, there's the vairagya of the jnana marg. Of course, we haven't got to bhakti marg, but this fits in. In bhakti marg, we give up the things that aren't favorable for bhakti. Hmm? And we give ourself. We give our eye and our mind, both. Both things have to be given. Hmm? Give, yes, I give my eye. I will, I will do the chanting, but we have to give our my, too. <laughs> we have to give our my, what we think is mine. Hmm? Both things have to be given. That's why we ask our students, if, you, if you, you can live in the monastery, for free. 
<laughs> the price you have to pay is putting up with me. That's all. <laughs> it can be a, it can be costly. I'm sure. Yeah. Or you can or you can go to school. Okay, that that works. Mm. Right. Or you get a job. There's no other. There's no fourth option here. <laughs> so, if you, and if you get a job, then what the Prabhupada said, then you should support the mission and get fifty percent of your income. We say, well, you're going to give ten percent of the income. Hmm? This is like carbon offset, you know. Uh, I can only chant one hour in a day. So, all right, then how many? You write a check and it counts how many hours for the month, and it's a carbon offset. You could have been. And, and your situation is such that you need to do that. So you have to tie that all in. And I said, somebody asked me the other night, I said, how do you control the mind while chanting? What do we say, basically? Hmm? It's a lifestyle, the chanting. It's a lifestyle. It's not you do anything else all the other time, and then I said, why can't I control my mind when I'm chanting? <laughs> hmm? It's a lifestyle, how you walk, how you talk. Hmm? This is what Arjuna asked Nikita. How does he talk? How does he sit? How does he walk? How does he interact with others? What does he say? Hmm? That will determine how he sits, peacefully, or with a feeling like I got to get up pretty soon. I got to get up pretty soon. How many rounds? How many beads? To the end of this one round, and then so many more rounds. This is not chanting. Hmm? This is counting, and counting means maya. That's what it means to count, hmm? to measure, hmm? Hmm? to be the measurer in a material sense that I'm going to control. Hmm? Yeah. This is the chanting, like this. Both hands up. I'm not in control. Hmm? This is Jai Vijay. They are the, the, the prana. The prana of Narayan. Yeah. Yeah. What they do, that's him. Him doing that. So, Hiranyakashipu, he performed great austerities. They got power from that. right? Power and strength. I mean, he... he he, you see, he was able to control the demigods. Why was he able to control the demigods? Hmm? Because he got power, internal power, from his austerities. Hmm? And, and his austerities were such that he gave up, basically speaking, the things that the demigods provide. You know, the food, you, need, you know, there's a whole system in Hinduism that you recognize different gods in charge of different aspects of nature. Uh, by which nature provides bountifully for us. And it's kind of a gratitude. Hmm? The sun provides this, the wind provides this, the rain this, and, and so we have a, a, a yindra yagya and a this yagya and that, and we honor the gods, and we honor the powers of nature that we're dependent upon. And this is a way of, like, like I say, loving nature, showing gratitude, and then nature reveals her secrets, and, and we live a bountiful life. This is the idea. Hmm? The general religious idea, hmm? but he was now fasting. He wasn't eating. He didn't. He didn't need any clothing. He didn't. It wouldn't then matter what was raining. He became oblivious to the external world. He went in. He was almost like a jivan mukta. Hmm? You study, see. I mean, he he, he had no, he. It's something like a. He sat there so long that it, that. Dust came and an anthill built up, I think, isn't it, around him or something like that? Hmm? Hmm? And he was in his bones. He was living in his bones. But then we got to like freaking out. <laughs> this guy's out of our control. He's beyond us. Hmm? 
He isn't being godly, but he's going beyond the jurisdiction of the gods. Hmm? So they're afraid now. They're, they're becoming, they're, they're, they're controlled by him. This is very practical how it, how it works. Hmm? Hmm. And there are so many, not so many, there's some Jivan Muktas. They're not quite as bad as Hiranyakasipu, but they can be pretty bad. They can deny the existence of Krishna, God, Narayan, and Jivan Mukta. Hmm. Hmm. Just I am. What does it mean? I am. I am. Do you have any questions? It's always thinking like this. That is the problem. Your question. Hmm. As soon as the question comes, that is the problem. I am. Just think like that. They go like this. This kind of thing. Hmm. No talk of God. No need of Shastra or anything. Hmm. Because he would like that. Hmm. So he's, be, beyond, he's not liberated. Jivan Mukta doesn't mean liberated person. It means... They're just about liberated, but Aruya Kutschena Paramapatam Tata Patanti Adho Nadati Shmadan Raya. Yenye Ravin Dakshavi Muktavanina. Avishuddha Buddhaya. They think they're liberated, and by mechanical processes and mindfulness and this, that, and the other thing, they, they, they arrive at this position. It's very extraordinary. But because they have no. Regard for bhakti. They go down. Hmm? They don't attain mukti. They, don't, they get jivan mukti, but not videha mukti. Hmm? They stop the force of karma. Imagine that. Hmm? But then again, Vishnu gives them karma. You don't like bhakti? Take some more karma. You think you did good with that? See who I am. Here's some more. And gives him a whole bunch of karma. Where does he get it? He takes it from a devotee. That's what he does. <laughs> and then they ask, then they think they die, and inst instead of getting liberated, they, they start over again. Hmm? Of course, he gave him devotees' karma, so maybe they become a devotee in the next life. Hmm? They give him a devotee's bad karma, but even a devotee's bad karma is better than. That no karma hmm? unto itself. Hmm? Yeah. <coughs> because a devotee, he, de he tolerates his bad karma as it's dissipating. Hmm? What does it Little tolerance, that is good. Hmm? And people wrong you, you think, oh, that is so nice of you. Thank you for wronging me. Ah, now I'm freed from that karmic reaction that I was due. I bow to you. We put our enemy's picture on the altar. Oh, thank you, thank you, and goodbye. I don't have to see you ever again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to react and slash your tires. You know? no, I'm not going to do that. You know, you've relieved me. Hmm? And you have a burden now, burden you have to carry. <laughs> so, <coughs> the gods are all freaked out, and uh, so, you know, they have to go to the chief. Uh, not even Indra, Indra's, Indra's, Indra's place has been taken over. Hmm? Indra's place has been taken over. Indra's been kicked out of heaven. Hmm? 
this is just a way of explaining what, you know, what, what, what I'm explaining, that what, the position that Hiranyakashipu came to. And so Brahma, who's in a different position, hmm, uh, but, but still in this world, the Brahma Bhuvanaloka Punaravartinajana, Mamupetita Konuteya Punaravartinajana, even from the planet of Brahma, one has to take birth again. Hmm? Only if one takes shelter with me, he goes to my planet. Punarjanmana, vidite. Punarjanmana. Again, Punarjanman. Na. Say it. Na. Going there, one never returns. Yadgatvamani vartanti taddhama paramamama. It's throughout the Gita. So many, so many times. Hmm? So, Brahma comes on the scene and Harani uh, Kasipu asks for some benediction. What does he want? He, 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 as I said, he wants to live forever. Hmm? And so he, and Brahma, and Brahma tells him, because Brahma's a god and a devotee, he says, that is not possible. And he doesn't believe him, of course. He says, okay, you want to play that game? Okay, then we do it like this. This is the benediction I want from you. I will not be killed inside a house or outside of a house. And Brahma says, okay, got it. Hmm? I will not be killed by a man or by an animal or beast. Okay, you've got that. Hmm? I will not be killed by any weapon hmm? or the hands of any, any person. Hmm? Okay, you've got that. And so he goes through. I will not be killed in the day or in the night. Hmm? Very intelligent. He covered all of his bases hmm? and missed the whole thing <laughs> completely. Very, very smart materialist, you see. Hmm? As I said, we'll see it as we go along the furry form of Nisringadev hmm? and the very nature of his appearance. Hmm? It says spiritual people are smarter than materialistic people. <laughs> That's what it says. Hmm? So he thought he could attain immortality, hmm? without God, without in this world, and so on and so forth. And so, he got all the benedictions from Brahma. Hmm? And, um, and and then in the context of the narrative, of course, then, uh, Narada introduces the fact that he had four sons. And amongst the sons, one of them was very special. His name was Prahlad. Hmm? And he begins to describe the, the qualities of Prahlad, and they're very extraordinary. Not only are they good qualities, but the depth an inner absorption of his devotion. He's just a young child at five years old. It's very extraordinary. He's experiencing sattvika bhavas, yabhichari bhavas, uh, in relation to his, his taivab, he's a premika. He has prem. He moves in the world in such ways that people think, why is the boy doing that? And they, get, they attach a reason to it, but they don't know there's an inner reason. Why is he crying? Give him some milk. Hold him, he's crying. Hmm? But he's crying because Vishnu just disappeared hmm? in his hide-and-seek that he plays with a devotee, that he, he just causing separation, and he would cry. And then, and then Krishna, really Krishna is his deity, Krishna would appear. Hmm? This is Krishna. He goes behind a tree, and every cowherd weeps for a second. It lasts for like the life of Brahma. It's so long. Hmm? Time only flies when you're having fun. Mm -hmm. The pain of separation, by contrast, makes a second, take, stretches a second into an into an into a yuga, into a millennia. Mm -hmm. 
So it's described, he's experiencing the, the two banks of the river of love of God, the high and the low tide of love of God, union and separation. And these are dictating his different moods. Happy? Oh, he's so happy. Look, he's smiling. Hmm? The little baby. That's what he's like. Hmm? But he, 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 he was seeing what others couldn't see. He was seeing God everywhere. Hmm? And sometimes he would disappear. Then he'd come back and so forth. So it's a very deep, uh, beautiful description of the depth of his, of his um, God consciousness. Hmm? And, of course, he was a very, because he was a very special son, he was a special son amongst Hiranyakasipu's sons from his own perspective, hmm? Hiranyakasipu's perspective. So he, he gave special attention to Prahlad and wanted him to be the you know, heir to his throne and to share with him the, uh, the knowledge of how to make it in the world the knowledge of friends and enemies and so forth, and uh, politics and so forth. And so when Perlada was just enough, you know, you send the kids to school at about five in America. Uh, now they have preschool, I guess. But um, So his father wanted to give him a little lesson on uh, and uh, discuss with him, and, and, and uh, the boy said, I'm not interested in politics, Dad. That's what he said. He said, I'm not interested in politics. Because politics just means partisanship. That's all. Hmm. Friends and enemies. Hmm. Whether it be socialism or capitalism, you see. A chintibeta bade means both at once, interpenetrating. You can't have socialism and capitalism. You can, they try to do that, I guess. They're more extreme. You can't have capitalism and communism. Hmm. They're polar, polar opposites. One is the individuality entrepreneurialism and the other is the communal we're all part of one and so forth right? there's oneness and difference these two prominent faces of the, in the political spectrum hmm? bhakti is both of those combined hmm? full individuality in the context of one center hmm? everything for the center everything for the center and as a result of Everything going to the center, one's individuality is flourishing at the same time. Hmm? You can't have that in this world. You just have the, the left wing or the right wing. Hmm? He said, I have no appetite for politics. And this was just, his father was just like, you know, a political um, junkie, basically. You know, which is basically how to get ahead, how to get your ideas across, and power, control, and legislation to use it in the modern context and it's it's just so uh, it's such a I mean it's it's I, I was met with some devotees of another institution at their request several years ago and they they were they wanted to know what I was about and I was explaining to them and they they, they said that it was pretty good actually and they wanted to try to integrate me into their group and I said you, you can try I have no objection and then they sat for one hour, I watched them. They were talking about how they were gonna, you know, how they were gonna present this, and how, how, and well, he might say this, you know. And I thought I'm in like a Senate floor, uh, you know, meeting here, and and uh, you know, we could take this guy and we could talk to him on the side. I know him, you know, and he owes me, you know. I've done him a favor. It was like I thought, wow, I'm a free man and a free soul and a free world here. You know? I'm not. Uh... <laughs> 
So anyway, this is a, the political realm is full of this compromise, right? Hmm? And uh, so he said, I have nothing to do with politics. I'm not interested in politics at all. Hmm? Yeah. This irritated his father very much, who then began to abuse him for the first time. Hmm? And of course, he didn't get anywhere with his abuse. And uh, and uh, so on. He said, anyway, so send him, put him under the, the charge of the, of the teachers in school, and I'll control the teachers, and I haven't got time for this. You know, I could do it if I wanted, but I don't have time for the kids a little bit. Okay. He's my son. He's got some crazy ideas. That he's not into politics. He speaks this Vishnu stuff. I don't know where he got it, but um, I'll have my his teachers will straighten him out in due course. So he sends him to school, and the teachers uh, try to straighten him out, of course. And um, he comes back for a second round. What did you uh, uh, learn? What are the best thing you've learned? Hmm? Hmm. Uh, he always said many nice things first. He said, all these things. Hmm. He weighed in on material life real heavily. <laughs> hmm. He said, you, know, you can't understand what I'm talking because you've got to made a vow, Grihavrata. You made a vow only to just, to, just for your, your provincial sense of life. Hmm. I'm not in that. I'm a world soul here. I don't see friends or enemies. You're trying to establish your kingdom here. And and um, people like you, he said, Krishna consciousness will never go in your head. It will never go in. As much as you have a vow, it said like this in the same thing in the Gita, Bogai Shvaya Prasaktanam Tayapari Chetasam. Vavasayatmikabudhi Samaruna Samadhu na. Samadhu na. You will never get samadhi. If bogaishvarya, you're too much attached to enjoyment and opulence and material life. So he said, Grihabhartanam, those who have taken a vow, they're committed. And that's what like your household life is like to commit. We, two of us get together, let's make it. <laughs> okay, and we're going to make it together. It's tough out there alone. Let's make it together. All right? It's us against the world. When it all comes down to it, it's us against the world. The two of us, and hopefully the kids will agree with us. They do now, they're young, you know. Hopefully they won't become mutinous at a certain point and uh, <coughs> traitors to the cause. I mean, we can be friendly with everybody, but if push comes to shove, it's us. Right? This is, this is all. <laughs> that's the way it is, right? So he says, this is the, "You've got a, you made a commitment, a vow. This is your, this is your vow hmm? to make this idea of life work hmm? at the exclusion of any other idea, any bigger idea. Hmm? We could do that within the context of a bigger idea that's called bhakti, hmm? but then you have to give ten percent. You know, <laughs> sorry, but I'm broke these days, and I've got big ideas. So I was told you should emphasize this point." <laughs> When the opportunity arises. So, <laughs> I'm following orders. So, so <laughs> it's his house, so, you know. I'm just a guest here. No, but he's right. He's, he's teaching us what Prahlad was teaching. Hmm? And it didn't have any room in Haranikasipu's head. It should have room in your head and go into your heart and understand. Hmm. 
what this is for. Hmm? Then you can have your family life inside of the bigger circle. That is bhakti. But, uh, but Hiranyak Kasipu was not like that. Hmm? He had a vow just for this uh, provincial sense of life. He was committed to this. And Prahlad told him, Matina Krishna, Paratasvatola. Krishna Khan's will never, ever go in your head. You will not understand. I met a guy once in O'Hare Airport. I tried to sell him the Bhagavatam, a businessman. He said, I've seen this before. This is mumbo-jumbo, he said. You can't understand a word in these books. I've tried to read it. You can't understand a word. He actually thought we had gotten something together and just published some, you know, things that didn't make any sense in the books, and we were selling them and making money. That's what he thought. <laughs> and he had tried to read it. I mean, that's what... I was like, whoa, this is like, Matirna Krishna, Paratas. I said, yes, sir, you must be really committed to your material endeavors. He said, yeah, you better write. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said yeah, this is going to be mumbo-jumbo to you. But can you just hold on it for a minute? i got a time I shoot. I said, well, let him hold the book, Bob, with him for a little while anyway, you know. Maybe next time, you know. So anyway, that was our strategies in those days. So, so Prahlad, <coughs> again, tried to instruct his 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 father what was the best thing you'll learn he said shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam parasevanam artranam bandhanam dasyam sakyam atmani vedanam itipum sarpito vishnu bhakti chena balakshana kriyati bhagavati adhatan manye ditam uttamam the best thing I've learned it is vishnu bhakti it's ninefold hearing chanting remembering and so on hmm Iti Pumsa Arpita. It's for everybody. Pumsa Arpita. It's for everyone. It means it is not dependent on caste in that, that context. That's what he's saying. It's not dependent on caste or birth. And I'm saying it. And just see me. I have no caste. Hmm? I'm outside of the caste system. I'm outside of the Varnashram. Hmm? This is what he's saying. And I'm teaching bhakti and I, I'm practicing bhakti. Hmm? And this is the best instruction. Hmm? Bhakti is not dependent on Varnashram. Hmm? And Prahlad could not be a better example, and his story covers ten chapters of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And after the ten chapters of the Bhagavatam, you know what Prahlad speaks about? Varnashram. Hmm? He speaks about a Vaishnava idea of Varnashram, mixed idea, hmm? and contrasts that with, with the Shuddha Bhakti that he himself follows. Hmm? And people will quote some verses. He, see, Bhagavatam says, Varnashram like this. And, you know, step back, look at the chapter, look who's speaking, look what else he says in the next verse, in the next chapter was the conclusion. Hmm? It's where everybody, everybody and anybody, as long as they do one thing, they can hear, they can chant, they can remember Vishnu, so on and so forth. Do this Navalakshana Bhakti. What do they need to do? Hmm? doesn't matter what, they can be rich, they can be poor, hmm? they can be in a high birth, low birth, hmm? so forth. They tanmani adha, adha. Bhakti is to be, they have to do this. They have to give themselves hmm? to Vishnu and do bhakti. They have to offer the bhakti to Vishnu. They have, they not that they do something else and then offer it. Bhakti is not that you do something that you want and then you offer it. You do what, what is for Vishnu for his pleasure. You, 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 in other words, 
you offer yourself. <laughs> In order to hear and chant, you just have to give yourself. Right? You have to give yourself entirely. You see, in Varnashram, the contrast is you do not give yourself, you give your things, which are the extension of yourself. And gradually, as you lose them, and you get close to yourself, and you get some gyan and so forth, and this is a gradual path from gyan, ishkam karma, to gyan. You're smart, you understand, you're paying good attention, I like that. Mm -hmm. Hmm? But bhakti is different. In ishkam karma, we stay within the varnashram, which, which, which means what? You have to understand what this means. It means you stay within the idea that you are what Mahaprabhu said, I am not. He said, I am not a sannyasi. I'm not a Brahman. I'm not a Sudra. I'm not a Vaishya. I'm not a Vana I'm none of these things that fall within the Varnashram. I'm none of these things. I don't identify with that. What am I? I am a servant of the servant of the servant of that Krishna who is the lover of the gopis. Hmm? That's who I am. That's my identity. Hmm? Do we think? I am, I, I, this is who I am. By the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and my Gurudev and Guru Parampara, this is who I am in potential. Hmm? And I'm going there. I, I am a Brajbasi. Hmm? Hmm? Living in the Braj with Krishna. This is, this is what I am. I'm none of these other things. Hmm? And so, and, and what do people, the people do there? They do shravanam kirtanam. Krishna says it in the Gita. They're always chanting about me. And they, they enter into Sambhanuga, Kamanuga Bhakti in Braj. Hmm? That's what happens to them. And they continue to do all this hearing and chanting about me. Katatam. That's another one. You have to give yourself. And what? Do Vishnu's work. Not that you maintain a material conception of myself. I'm a Brahmin. I'm a Vaishya. I'm a Sudra. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm an Indian, I'm American, to extend the idea. Hmm? And I have things that I like, and I'll give those things. And so, and, and You're not attacking the core of the problem, you're after false identity. You're attacking it in a very superficial way. Hmm? When you run out of things, you know, then you get cornered a little bit, and then and you realize, oh, it's nice, I'm an Atma. Still, you're so far, you're eons away from being a Gopa. Hmm? You have no connection with that even yet. Hmm? But by Sadhu Sangha, we get connection with it immediately. We get this idea. We hold this idea in our heart. This I want. This is my ideal. Hmm? This is my ideal. This is what I want. Therefore, I do what what those who have this do. I do Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam. You can do one or you can do all of them or combine them. We mainly do Shravanam, Kirtanam, and that leads to smaranam. And we do some archanam. With a certain idea in mind. Archana is usually reverential. We, we have some, we have it with the, the Braj Bhakti in mind. Therefore we do archan for Chaitanya Dev, for Radha and Govinda. 
These are our deities. If we worship the Sringadev, we think of them as we are. Interpolation of Gaur Leela. That's Bhaktivinoda has and so forth. This is what we're doing. So this is what Prahlad taught. This is the best thing that I have learned. And Hiranyakasipu said, you got to be kidding me. What kind of teachers have I got? I put him in the hand of the teachers, and this is what he comes back with? So he chastises the teachers, and they're like scared of him, and, and so they give it another try, and the teachers put him back in school, and they leave, and Prahlad says, Kumaramacharedpatnam dharmam bhagavatam miha. What is it? He says to the students, I know you're only five years old, but now's the time to start. Do Vishnu Bhakti. Beautiful teaching on Bhakti from, from Prahlad. Beautiful teaching. Whole chapter. He teaches the students. When the kids are, when it's, the, 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 the teachers went out for the recess and all the kids wanted to swing on the swings and whatever, now they want to smoke pot or who knows what. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Prahlad's pulling out the Bhagavatam, you know. He's given teaching Bhagavad Dharma. And he was able to interest them. Hmm? <coughs> Get, them. <coughs> Get them while they're young. That's a good idea. Give them the impressions. Hmm? Give them the impressions for bhakti. Hmm? It will stay with them, these sangskars. And later we'll... If they seem to stray a little bit, give them a little room. Gradually they'll think about it all. They'll meet a point where they have to think about it all. They'll come home to that which has been put in their heart from youth. This is Prahlad's strategy, isn't it? Working for you, right? Mother. No, I don't see your son here, but I see his here. Oh, there he is. Okay. So, this is this was the teaching of Prahlad, and it has the beautiful prayers. Uh, excuse me, in this case, not prayers, but beautiful um, uh, elucidation on the nature of Shuddha Bhakti, hmm? the whole chapter. Hmm? And then, of course, in the context of that, Prahlad explains um, to um, the. Uh, I believe it's to the other students, or maybe to the teachers. The teachers are worried because Prahlad has been sent back and they didn't teach him well, and now they're in trouble. And they say, where did you get this stuff about Vishnu, all this stuff? You've got to stop this. Our lives are in danger here. Hmm? Religion is such a problem. Hmm? Where did you get this stuff about Vishnu? Huh? He said, well, that's an interesting question. I got it from my guru. I mean, you're five years old. Where do you get it from your guru? Who's your guru? Hmm? Well, what happened was that when Hiranyakasipu was absorbed in his meditation, in his tapa, his austerities, what happened was, for a little while, while the demigods were scared, hmm, they had a chance to try to do something. They couldn't stop him, but they knew that my mother was pregnant. And so they wanted to to stop. They wanted to abort me because they were afraid the guy's going to get a son. Next, there's going to be two of them, and uh, it's going to be a bigger problem for us. So they wanted to abort me. Indra wanted to do an abortion. 
The gods are compromised. Hmm? You see? That's a fact. <laughs> These gods, the minor gods, they're all compromised. That's their position. Yeah. So he came, they were going to do some type of abortion, and then Narada hmm? um, found the, the Indra taking the mother, Kaya, what's her name, Kayadru, I think, Kayadru, of, uh, of, of Prahlad, the wife of Hiranyakasipu, and stealing her off, and Nard just happened to come along, as he does, and he said, where are they going with that lady? Hmm? And he said, oh, this is the problem, you know, he, she's the wife of Hiranyakasipu, she has a son in her womb, and this is going to be a big problem for the gods, and so forth, and Nard said, no, 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 that there's a great devotee in, in her womb. Hmm? And just like, what? You know, how can that be? You know, we have our families over here. You know, and the demons are over there, and so forth. This, and Nard said, I, I'll take charge of her. And there's a great devotee there. And so then Nard, Indra was convinced. He paid obeisances to the womb of of of, of Prahlad's mother. And Nard went and taught the Bhagwat to Prahlad's mother with the. In Tension of the bhakti and a blessing going to her son in the womb. Mm-hmm. So even in the womb you can become Krishna conscious by Sadhu Sangha. Mm-hmm. He gave the Nard gave a blessing mm-hmm. and taught the Bhagavatam. And Prahlad was able to absorb it in the womb by the power of his blessing. So he explained, This way I learned from my guru. Mm-hmm. Such a nice uh, uh, example. Hmm? He taught that by Guru Bhakti you can get Vishnu Bhakti. Otherwise, you cannot. Hmm? In other words, within Vishnu Bhakti is the first limb of Guru Bhakti. Hmm? Within the body, the Angi of Vishnu Bhakti, the first limb is Guru Bhakti. Hmm? So Prahlad said, I, to this first, all my Vishnu Bhakti has come from this. And you want me to stop teaching what I'm teaching, but I'm teaching what I was taught by my guru, and I will never teach something other than what was taught by my guru. Hmm? So he showed great guru nishta. Hmm? And they couldn't do anything about it. And when they would recess, he taught the kids and so on and so forth. And then it became apparent to Hiranyakasipu that hmm, he had to bring an end to this himself. And so... He brought the Prahlad in and he put him in even more difficult situations than previously and he tried to kill him in so many ways. And in, 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 in as many ways as he himself tried to avoid dying. Hmm? You understand the point? By his arrangement with Brahma, by using his fertile imagination, in as many ways hmm, he tried to kill Prahlad. Hmm? And Prahlad could not die. <laughs> this is what he wanted. He wanted not to die, but Prahlad, who was going complete opposite of him, hmm, in terms of the, what he was following, he could not be killed. Hmm? This is what Veronikas, I, I will not be, no one be able to kill me. Hmm? And Prahlad, this is the teacher, and Prahlad, hmm, he achieved that just by loving Vishnu. Hmm? Just by hearing from Narada, following carefully and doing shravanam, kirtanam, smaranam, vishnu smaranam. Hmm? That means the eternality, hmm? the deathlessness, 
that Hiranyakasipu struggled for, performed austerities for eons and extreme austerities, and, and he used his brain to make calculations and, and to ensure his position and so forth. Without any of this, on the part of a full-grown man who was a king, hmm? it means he knew a lot, he, you know, worldly knowledge and stuff. A five-year-old boy hmm, attained everything that Hiranyakasipu wanted to attain as a byproduct of his love of Vishnu. Hmm? He, just like a baby, he just cried, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare. That's all. Hmm? Like a baby, he cried. And all, no, that's not austerity. <laughs> that's not very difficult. Hmm? Hmm. And he was able to accomplish what Hiranyakasipu was not, as we'll see, because when Prahlad would not die, then Hiranyakasipu became more and more enraged. Hmm? And, and Prahlad was the living example, hmm? testimony uh, to, the, to the fact that Vishnu lives. You see, he tried at first to, to stamp out all the religious practices and so forth of the Brahmins and Varnashram. He tried to do austerities and so forth, yoga, med secular meditation and all these things. He tried all this stuff. Hmm? And Vishnu was not getting involved. Brahma had to get involved. The gods were compromised. But when Prahlad gets involved, and Prahlad is being harassed in this man's pursuit of his ideal, now Vishnu will get involved. Hmm? Vishnu, he answers to Bhakti hmm? in a big way. Yoga, chema, maham, yaham. Hmm? Hmm? And my devotee, he says, will never perish. Hmm? Even if he's got a fault, he'll never perish. Hmm? This is Vishnu, hmm? his love for his devotees. So now he's confront confronting directly Vishnu Bhakti. Hmm? Hmm? He thinks he's been successful in doing away with God in every other sense. Hmm? Hmm? But Vishnu Bhakti is now looming large as the last hurdle. Hmm? And it's embodied in, in, in his own son, who's only a, just, a, just a child. Hmm? toddler. Hmm? And so he says, where is your Vishnu? And Prahlad is like the living example. He says, he, you know, he, wait, he's everywhere. Where is he not? Hmm? He's everywhere. Hmm? And so, forcing the issue, Hiranyakasipu says, well, uh, you know, was he in that stone pillar? Hmm? He said, yes, he's there. Hmm? He's everywhere. Is the teaching. He's everywhere. Prahlad couldn't point to where he was because he's everywhere. Hmm? Where shall I point? He's everywhere. Hmm? This is the teaching. Hmm? We'll think he's in the temple. We'll take somebody there. We'll teach somebody here he is in the temple and so forth. And, and that was enlivening to us. Then we go away and act as if he's only in the temple. Hmm? We don't see the universality of our deity. This is the cause of our moral lapses. Hmm? with regard to bhakti's morality. If we knew we, well, God was everywhere, we would act like we did everywhere, in the temple, like we do everywhere. And he is everywhere. He's supposed to draw that out. He's supposed to get a deep experience in the temple and turn around and go, oh, well, it's every, he's everywhere. Hmm? This is the idea. And that's when your private life becomes your public life. Hmm? So the other day a man asked me, don't we, shouldn't our spiritual life be our private life and not take it in the public, like with your chanting and stuff like that? I said, the teaching is to make your private life your public life. 
That is the tita. There's no there's no difference between inside and outside. Bahir na shingho, hridayena shingho. He's inside, he's outside. Hmm? He's everywhere. Of course he's in the pillar. Hmm? He's in the pillar and not in the pillar. How's that? Hmm? Now what will you do? Then he struck the pillar with the force of his uh, weapon and out came a form of God that had never been seen before. He was not a man, neither he was an animal. He did not appear in the day, or in the night he appeared at dusk. Hmm? He didn't appear inside or outside, but on the veranda, hmm? on the porch, <laughs> halfway inside and outside. Hmm? And he grabbed that slippery fellow, Hiranyakasipu, and caught him, and like a, like a cat, hmm? would catch a mouse and then kind of play with him a little bit, like that. Hmm? <laughs> and run a little bit and catch him, bring him back. Hmm? So he's doing this, and every time he runs a little bit, the demigods are going, "Oh God, he escaped! Oh God!" Oh, they don't—they don't have full faith in Vishnu. <laughs> you understand? They're not sarnagatas. They're not fully dependent upon him. Hmm? Some have compromised, and then so he grabs him, and then he doesn't let him go. Holds him, puts him on his lap, so he's not killed on the land, on the sea. In the air, hmm? but on the lap of a half man, half lion, either a man or an animal, and he tore apart his, bifurcated him, so to speak, with his nails, not with any weapon, but with the fingernails of a tiger or a lion, I should say. Hmm? And then, the beautiful, he takes the intestines out, which are quite long, it turns out, <laughs> and he wraps them around himself as a garland, and he says, and he says, give me your anarthas. Give them over to me. Hmm? All your anarthas, let go of them. And I will feel that I have been garlanded by you. Hmm? All those things that you're holding on to, all the false values that you're holding dear, let go of them. Hmm? And I will feel like you put a garland on me, and I will be smiling. Hmm? And I will no longer seem to be in opposition to you. Suddenly you see the environment is entirely friendly. I've been with you all along. Hmm? I'm for you, not against you. You're fighting, you're going against the system. This is what Hiranyakasipu was doing, trying to beat the system hmm? by the force of physical strength, austerity, intellect. He's trying to beat the system. You cannot beat it. And if you cannot beat him, what should you do? Join him. Join him. That's right. Join him. Hmm? But what happened to Hiranyakasipu? Because he tried to beat, he couldn't join. Hmm? But what happened was, then, all the gods and goddesses offered prayers. The Gandharvas came, the Chanara, the Siddhas, this one, that one, Indra, and they're offering prayers and, and trying to pacify him, and he is just not pacified. Hmm? You cannot pacify him hmm? with Sakama Bhakti. Bhakti with material desires. God give me this, God give me that. Hmm? That's not going to pacify him. That's not going to... Hmm? He's upset with somebody who, who, who so much wanted things hmm? that he attacked his devotee. Now, if you want any things, don't come near me. That's how he's thinking. If you've got a desire for anything, don't even get around me. I'll, I'll tear you up. That's how the many guys are feeling. They want things. They have their Sakama Bhaktas. Hmm? Right now, you can do Sakama Bhakti, but right now he doesn't have any appetite for it at all. And they're feeling it, and they're, they're pressed back into the clouds. Hmm? 
and offering prayers from a distance. And Lakshmi's there going, whew, I've never seen him like this before. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is incredible, she said. I've never seen him like this. Uh, it's not the time to approach him. Hmm. For me, either. Not that she has no desire, but no material desire, but she thinks he's in a mood. <laughs> Holy cow. And, uh, and, and, this, and this is the primary form of Nishinga. Lakshmi Nishringa, that is a vilas for Lila form of Nishringa. There are many, many forms of Nishringa. This is the primary form. This is the from which all the other forms of, of Nishringa uh, extend hmm? for different purposes. Hmm? And this is the Nishringa who is appearing before Prahlad. Hmm? And Prahlad sees him garlanded with these intestines and he's thinking, that is so charming what he has done. He has no tolerance. My father was so ugly. Hmm? He had such bad qualities. And Vishnu was just so nicely to take them away from him like this. Only problem is that he's dead now. So he had these paraduka duki, kripambudhi. He had no pleasure, no, no sorrow for himself, but sorrow for others. Hmm? So here Prahlad is feeling compassion for his father. And the Sringadev says, So I'm here puts his hand on Prahlad's head. Hmm? What happens is the demigods, they push Prahlad forward. Brahma says, could you try to say something? Maybe you could, like, you know, he came here for you, you know. And with that, and it, Prahlad's not, I don't know, he's a... No, Prahlad just walks up hmm? to the lion, roaring and roaring. He walks up, and then he looks at Prahlad, and he just calms down like a kitten and begins to purr puts his hand on Prahlad's head and says, whatever you want, take a benediction. He knows Prahlad doesn't want anything. Hmm? He wants to show that to all the gods and goddesses. Hmm? And Prahlad says, I don't want anything. And Vishnu says, you got to take something. Everybody asks me for something. Hmm? Right? <laughs> Looking up in the heavens and they don't know what to, what to, what to answer. He says, take something. He says, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. Hmm? And then he says, if, he says, you have to take something. Then I ask one thing. You give bhakti to my father. Hmm? And Nirshingadev says, says, that's already been done. Hmm? Because of who you are. Hmm? That's already been done. Take my blessing and do bhakti. And I keep you in the world for this many years. I'll keep you in the world to exemplify bhakti. Hmm? For others, and Prahlad begins to just to praise Nishinga with so many beautiful prayers, so much philosophy, and so much feeling there. Hmm? This way, Narad rests, telling his story of the appearance of Bhagavan Sri Narasimha Dev, Nishinga Bhagavan Ki Jai, Sriman Bhakta Prahlad Maharaj Ki Jai. So, with that, we end the the story and our discussion. Very beautiful uh, thoughts, and and uh, now we uh, will extend this idea of blessing of bhakti to chant the holy name under good guidance and to receive uh, the mantra, Krishna um, mantra, and I've given many lectures on this, so you must be familiar with all this. If not, you don't need a lecture.
You just need the blessings to, to carry on. So, please come forward. Hmm? Is it to the Archman? No. Yes? No? No. Read from the Hari Bhakti Vilas. Gopal Bhattivilas will read from Hari Bhakti Vilas of Sri Gopal Bhattivasami Ji. One verse that tells us about how to do the initiation ceremony. We're going to do everything that's said here. Don't worry, it won't take long. Stand up. Here, say it in here. The association or meeting with a Sadguru, bona fide spiritual master, is extremely rare. When this opportunity arises and when the Sadguru instructs one to take diksha, then that is the most auspicious moment for initiation. Irrespective of whether one is in one's own village, in the forest or the paddy field, whether it is night or day, if the Sadguru arrives, then on his behest one should accept diksha, knowing that moment to be very auspicious. The most propitious moment for receiving diksha is when the Sadguru desires and so instructs his disciple. The real cause behind receiving diksha is not having gone on pilgrimage, observing vows, performing homa, bathing in holy rivers, or chanting mantras, etc. But diksha occurs because of the greatly fortunate encounter with the Sadguru and his desire to initiate. Some essential spirituality, so hold out your hands, both of them. There you go. Now, we are going to do a few things that Bhaktivinoda Thakur has called for. We're going to anoint you with the tilak. Om Keshavaya Namaha. Very nice. And watch out for that. And I'm going to give you the tapa. That's Urdhva this is tapa now. Tapa means, well, you know what that means, right? Hernikasi put it tapa, but this is a different kind. <laughs> the tapa is that you have to wear Krishna's name on your forehead. Jai, Sri Krishna ki jai. Very nice. Okay. Tapa, pundra, mantra, nam, yagya. You'll be getting the Harinam and the Diksha Mantra. How long have you been practicing bhakti? When was your first contact with the bhakti? 81. 1981. 1981, so that's... How many? 33. 33. Okay. That's good. 33 years waiting for initiation. That might be a record. <laughs> In this group, anyway. Uh, I'm not sure. Karnailal was pretty pretty good, too. He might have had 40 or... So maybe even 50, I'm not sure. Oh, that's your Kunti Mala, your neck beads. Keep those on. 
And uh, so, how many rounds will you chant daily? Sixteen at least. Okay, that's very good. Now, I will also instruct you, you avoid the intoxication and the mediating and gambling and if you're going to have intimacy with anyone, that should be a sacred union. Let me know about that. You're a little old for marriage, though, so I think you should avoid that. <laughs> okay, come here. Um, okay, your name is Mishinga Chaitanya Das. Give me those. Take these. Shringa Chaitanya Das. These are yours. <laughs> I think. All those? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Okay. So we, we have extra or? No, that's right. These are. These are. These are Shama. Okay. 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 Peter, nice to meet you. Yes, most of you are meeting Peter for the first time, right? Welcome, Peter. <laughs> Peter's living in New York. How long have you been listening to my lectures? It's a little over one year. One year. Mm -hmm. How often do you listen? Every day. Every day. One lecture a day? At least. At least one a day. Okay, good. That's good. Time well spent. That'll be good. All my students, they should listen to my lectures here. They belong to you. Please take your belongings. Om Keshavaya Namaha. This is the Tulsi leaf that goes with that. Very nice. Okay. And this says the Urdhva Pundra means the straight tilak, not like the shy lights. And the tapa. Oh, nice. Jai Sri Krishna. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. These are for counting, right? No. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> okay. All right, so how many rounds do you chant? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. No counting required. All right, so... So I've given, what did I, Shringa Chaitanya, we wanted to stay in the Gaur Leela. That was auspicious, right? So, coming in. Om Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Hare, Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare. So I'll give you the blessing of chanting Hare Nam. Next time, you see, we'll give you Mantra Diksha. You take advantage of Hare Nam, chant your rounds, and your vow very carefully. Stay in touch with Arjun City and uh, try to get to know your family here. That's where you'll find strength, right? Okay. All right, so your name is Hadidas. Okay, follow those principles. And did I forget anything? No. Hadidas is the Prahlad's name in Gorlila, of course. He's, he's represented in Haridas. Brahma is there also, but it would have been easy to call you Prahlad, but 
I wanted to stay in the Gaur Lila. Haridas. You already got this, we'll give again. He was here for the installation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Did your family come at that time or just you? Just you. Your family came this time, your wife and your son. What's your son's name again? Shiram. Shiram. Right. And um, last time I came, you didn't come. Right? You weren't able to make it? No, I wasn't able to. So you have to come every time I come. Mm. Yeah, that's important. Mm. Okay. What part of India are you from originally? From South India. South India. And you've been uh, involved in Krishna Bhakti for some time, right? For about yeah, ten years. About ten years, and you're initiated by me. What was that? When was that? When we in? During the initiation. Yeah. What, right. What year was that? Two years ago. So okay. And you've been chanting, and you do follow the teaching very closely. I always see that online, that you're reading everything and listening to my talks, right? Mm -hmm. Do you listen to the current talks? Yes, I, I'm listening to the Vyas Puja talks. I'm listening to Ramananda Samad. Ramananda Samad. So you're listening to the current talks and other talks. Yes. Good. Good. Okay. So, we've got everything for you. Now I'll give you the, the Gopal Mantra, like I've given to Nishinga Chaitanya also. Then the two of you will come afterwards, and I'll give you others, other mantras supporting as well. Guru Mantra, Brahma Gayatri, Guru Mantra, Guru Gayatri, Gaur Mantra, Gaur Gayatri. Krishna Mantra I'm giving you now, that's the Gopal Mantra, and then Tam Gayatri also. And I'll teach you how to chant that and so forth, okay? So come, right here. Right, right. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, you're fully initiated member of Gaudiya Sampradaya. <laughs> so, all the Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis, there's one Vaishnavi I'm looking for. Where is she? There she's come. You please give your blessing to all these new members of our Sampradaya and, and more fully invested and committed members. And just don't let your dog eat the beads, okay? <laughs> that is my instruction to you. <laughs> that needs to go on Facebook. That's really worthy news. That's the first. Okay, hang on to those real, real close. <laughs> what kind of dogs are those, by the way? He's a husky wolf, and he's named Balaram. Uh-huh. No, different dog. Different dog. <laughs> Makes the round. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll stop now, and then we have, I think, Mahaprasad, right? Is that the next event? Sri Rishinga Bhagavan ki jai, Bhakti Prahlad Maharaj ki jai, Sri Saragrahi ki jai, 
गोर भक्त वृद्ध की जाय गोर प्रेमानंदे